Welcome to the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast with your host, Luke Sawhook. There we go. Yeah, get that hype intro music rolling. You know, you know how the vibes are, but very mm. excited for another episode of the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast. I am one of your two hosts, Luke Sawhook, joined as always by my co-host Hutchinson Brown, whose name is still oh. not in the intro. We are still working on that. We are four episodes in. Still not there, but it is coming, I promise. Joined by the one and only uh, Mike slash Michael Reedy uh, at Mike Reedy FF on Twitter. We we are calling him Michael for the episode in case anyone's wondering. It's he has a fun so... story about how his name uh-huh. basically was changed to Mike at his job by the wrong e- name in his email address for work. So Mike slash Michael, Michael is with us today and he is doing a bunch of amazing work over at the Undroppables. Check them out on Twitter and then check out his DFS podcast, which the name I forget the name of now, it is the Cheat Sheet Podcast, DFS podcast with his friend that actually taught him about fantasy football. So, Michael, thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate you. How you doing? Thanks for having me. It's it's great to be here, guys. Like I said, I was honored when I saw your all-star lineup and like that I fit in there. I was like, wow, look at some of those people they're getting. This is great. Um, I love seeing it. Um, uh, I'm super stoked to be on i i love seeing what you guys are doing in the community and watching you both grow it's uh it's nice man it's great to see thank much you brother. Love, mike thank you much love man thank you appreciate Means a lot it. i mean let's jump right into it guys i mean listen first of all i would like to say that i have guitar riffs now that we can transition to segments with uh there's Ooh. no audio for the segment names but there all is right. a guitar and i will be playing the guitar in a moment but let's transition okay. to our first topic of today's show jonathan taylor news Yes, no we way. there we go. Beautiful. All right, Hodge, <laughs> why don't you intro this here for us? Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we were talking about the Jonathan Taylor news, and I mean, Jonathan Taylor apparently, him and Jim Mersey had a nice meeting, and it wasn't didn't go so nice actually. I wouldn't say it was a nice meeting, it wasn't it was a nice meeting. Way. No, Jonathan Taylor's requested a trade, he wants out, and Jim Mersey put out a ridiculous quote about people dying i have no idea what was going on with that quote you can go find it yourself it was full context he basically said if i and jonathan taylor both died today or tomorrow whatever it was the nfl will inevitably move on without us both so like the contract situation doesn't matter it made no sense like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for the trade request at all and then jimmer say there were apparently reports saying he's not trading jonathan taylor but taylor wants to trade we what's gonna happen, guys? I, I don't I don't think Taylor's honestly my personal belief is that Taylor's gonna stay in Indianapolis. I think he's gonna stay in Indy. I don't know where else he would go. I don't know what team would want to give him a big time contract. Apparently, uh most reports are showing that Taylor wants a contract around 15, 16 million dollars a year, which is that's not gonna not, happen first. Not what a running back gets paid anymore. Uh-huh. That's not what a running back that's not what they pay running backs anymore. He's not gonna get that contract. Uh so I think Taylor's gonna end up staying in Indy playing this year and fighting for a contract this is his I, contract year correct it is yes Mike, is contract year. he's fighting yeah, for he, a contract I, I don't think he's going anywhere either uh pe- people don't want to pay right running backs at all right no. now it's just the nature of the market um and if you listen to jim mercy talk ever right like he's traveling the country with his band and his his musical artifacts the guy sounds like yeah. he's on edibles or something all the time. I think edibles yeah. is a bit polite i'm pretty sure he's coked you know, yeah <laughs> okay. like that's Let's That's be honest here. He's, he's doing something hard to get medibles, Mike. So it, it's hard for me to take him seriously. You know what I mean? With anything he says or tweets out there, uh, other than I'm not going to pay him, right? But the other things, like his crazy tweets and crazy things he does, he's does a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, but 
I can't see Taylor going anywhere else. And I think he'd be foolish not to play. So I, I think I'd be playing it out in Indy this year if I was him. Right. I mean, he's. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it makes the most sense for him just to return. It's just the question of will he inevitably get any kind of pay bump at all? Or is he just going to have to suck it up and get back on the field? It seems pretty hostile, though, Michael. And, and this is the thing I was talking actually just got off my show with personal corner and Des Bryant, um, you know, talking about the situation with the contract, talking about a locker room, talking about guys not wanting to play for this owner anymore. It goes a lot deeper than just Jonathan Taylor. But the name that came up the most on the show I was just on was Anthony Richardson. They have a rookie quarterback they just drafted, number four overall. They're going to want to pro- yeah. uh, you know, protect that future phase of the franchise, hopefully, right? And with that dual-thread nature of Anthony Richardson's game, you're going to want to have Jonathan Taylor out there on the field so you can have the presence, uh, the presence of the threat of Jonathan Taylor's legs as well, or else you're rolling out a second-string, third-string running back, right? So not only does this hurt I'm Jonathan Taylor for not being on the field, it hurts Anthony Richardson. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think the – the entire uh, conversation he had with Jonathan Taylor was that Richardson's the future of the franchise, not you. And and that's just the nature of the N- NFL right now. Uh, Richardson's really the future of the franchise. They're, they're going to, they're going to have to make some other changes there too, because personally, like everybody's high on Michael Pittman jr. But I'm not because I don't think he's going to mesh well with what Richardson does. Well, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Can you go deeper into that? That's a fascinating <sighs> take. I think we're we're gonna see. That was a big eye roll for those who aren't watching. Watching. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna see more short passes, uh, not things that really jive with what Pittman's done through his career. Um, just just the style of play is gonna change a little bit to mesh with Richardson. You're gonna see more running plays for him as well. I think it helps Jonathan Taylor's game to be honest, but Good, he, yeah. he has to be on the field, right? So. It's probably really good for Taylor, um, probably good for Jelani Woods. Uh, I don't think it's going to be great for Pittman, and and I it kills me to say that because I like Pittman a lot. But the thing is, I, I don't think it's going to help him. The thing is with Pittman too. I mean, you talk about Anthony Richardson. Like Pittman already had a pretty small target share, like a pretty small like uh, it was a pretty small passing by last year for the Indianapolis Colts. It's been that way for the past couple of years. Pittman's been okay. He's been all right. He's been able to put up wide receiver two level numbers. Richardson might have the worst rookie passing season we've ever seen. He, yeah, we he don't really know. might. I mean, this dude was like a 50% completion percentage passer in college. Like, he was an awful passer in college. You saw him at the combine. He didn't have a nice couple deep throws. But other than that, he did, did I not. I think the good. hope <laughs> – excuse me. I just joked. I think the hope for Richardson is like Josh Allen rookie year. I think that's like – That's the hope. That's the like the, that's like what we're thinking he – like that's what we're hoping. It could be worse than that. And if it's worse than that – like this guy might throw like under 2,500 yards this year and play like 15, 16 games and still throw for less than that. And that way, Pittman's not going to be able to. Legs. And run yeah, for, for a thousand yards. Great. Right? For fantasy, he could still produce yeah. good numbers. But Michael Pittman, you give him a 25% target share of 2,500 yards. That's not good. It's a modern. That's not good. <laughs> that's. That's not good. Though, though, because, you know, if he was a pure passer, those numbers would be, you know, catastrophic. But, I mean, look at, like, Justin Fields last year, for example, right? Oh, There's, yeah. he, the people are still very hopeful for, about Fields. I mean, he's yeah. a better passer than Richardson by far coming out as a prospect. Let's say that first and foremost, oh, right? Close. Yeah. But then also, you know, those legs saved a lot of his performance from last season and ultimately gave him a lot more hype, a lot more trust in the community, etc. So, you know, a guy like Anthony Richardson – 
could be in line for a pretty productive rookie year from fantasy football standpoint. Oh, very much so, yeah. But my question is, if Jonathan Taylor is not out there on that field, how much does it really impact him? Michael, what are your thoughts? Well, having the threat of the running back always helps the Konami Code quarterback, right? And vice versa. The threat of the quarterback running always helps the running back. I mean, we if people want proof, all they have to do is is look at the Ravens. And it doesn't seem to matter which running back on their team's playing. They're also Miles team. Sanders and Jalen Hurts. He was insanely efficient. Good. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And that was with Hurts stealing all the red zone touches and scoring a bunch of touchdowns, right? Like it it it's it's gonna it'll help to have him on the field. Not having him on the field. I mean, who who's the backup there now? Zach Moss just broke his arm, so it looks like Evan that, Hull. That's what it means. So Evan Hull, rookie running back, yes. Yeah. Yeah, John the like, Taylor will get one hundred twenty thousand percent of the touches. Like John the Taylor's gonna everything, and it does. It, it really does help out Anthony Richardson. I mean, when you have not only for running lanes purposes, it makes him more effective because you just don't know who to cover when you're looking at these guys. When you look at these two, it's so hard to decide who to cover. So Richardson's gonna have some open lanes to run, but adding on to that is just comfort level. When you know, if you have, if you don't have a run game as a quarterback. You're throwing a lot. Like you're like if he were not have a running back, he's probably throwing a lot more than he wants to. And not having that run game, not having that comfort as a quarterback, especially as a rookie, it's really, really, really difficult. I mean, that's probably why the Panthers brought in Miles Sanders this year. They had like no running backs behind. They brought in Miles Sanders to help him out. That's probably why the Texans brought in Devin Singletary to help out Damian Pierce, establish a heavy run first offense. And probably why the Colts are trying their best to keep Jonathan Taylor. I think they're gonna do everything they can to keep him. Even if it means giving him a contract, if he's if he legit sets out, I think they might give him a contract. I don't know. We'll see. He is it's, too it's essential. All about he leverage. Is, we'll see. How he is too essential to that team. What do you that, want team to will, that team will crumble without him. That sitting out, crumble. sitting out would be bad for him though too. So I don't like. It, it would be bad for him as well. Yes, it would. I don't like it for him. Uh, and and all the things you're saying, if they can't run the ball, you, you just see all these different uh, look blitz packages coming at, especially young quarterbacks. Right? Oh yeah, and it's it's. That's what he's going to be looking forward to all year, every, every game, every week if, if Taylor doesn't play. They'll just be hitting him with blitzes from different angles the whole game, trying to trying to collapse that. Yeah, box Richardson will handle that. I mean, he could he might be able to escape, but as a pocket passer, he won't be able to handle he, that. It won't. That would be, be, a, that'd be bad. That'd yeah, be a problem. It'd be really bad. And, it, like, that just crushes your confidence, man. If you keep getting hit like that, if you're making all throws, if you don't have your run game, like, See, that just crushes your confidence. There, all Sam Darnold. Yes, exactly. Like it just crushes your confidence. So yeah, Richardson needs oh, Taylor out there as a rookie to be able to gain some momentum possibly. To kind of pivot here in the Colts offense, obviously Michael's not a big fan of Michael Pittman Jr. this season. I do want to monitor, you know, your thoughts on Josh Downs, rookie wide receiver there. You mentioned short passes. He's a smaller guy. What are your fast. thoughts? Fast. Smaller yeah. guy, fast, shifty. If they if they uh, put him out there in the flat, you know, run him in the slot. He, he could be productive. Um, again, I'm not sure I really trust the rookie quarterback to give you enough fantasy production for no, anyone. And, and like with Pittman, I would say same thing for the wide receivers. They're right. Great talent, bad situation. And that's, that's something where, uh, you know, uh, Twitter is mostly a dynasty community and people like to argue me with me when I talk about things like this. And I say things like, I'm redrafting DFS guys. I don't care five years down the road if the guy's going to be good. I will adjust to that five years from now. Um, but this season, it's just doesn't look like a great situation for them. Uh, and the way I would probably play it with someone like Downs, Pittman, 
if he's in the right spot, I'll still draft him just because he's so talented and efficient. But I don't like the situation. Uh, Downs, I'm probably going to pass on him in redraft. And uh, it doesn't mean I won't keep my eye on him, though, Luke, right? And and somebody that's probably going to be a waiver wire ad if he starts producing. Potentially, yeah. yeah Honestly, he definitely could be a waiver wire sleeper, absolutely. I think Alec Pierce yeah. also has the opportunity. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, he he was so good in spot starts last year in DFS and the year before. Like that yeah. guy's great. Yeah, they they have a lot of talent. Um, to be honest, is is the question is probably more around their offensive line and now, mm-hmm. you know, Jim Irsay pissing Jonathan Taylor off. Dummy. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right, I think we talked enough about Jonathan Taylor. Now let's play another little guitar drop here because I got four of them and we only did what one. I, I did drop oh work number three for the first one. We're gonna do drop work number one for this one and let's transition into some training camp hype. Let's go. Perfect. All right, here we go. Hutch, who do you have your eye on right now? Training camp hype trains rolling across the league. Who's the guy you have your eye on right now? Man, the guy I have my eye on right now, the guy I've been looking at all camp long. I mean, I've been hyping this guy up since college, uh, since the draft. He's been one of my clear Let me guess, Jameer favorites. Was that? No, it's not Jameer Gibbs. I love Jameer Gibbs, and he's been killing it in camp, but it's not Jameer Gibbs this time. I'm, I'm actually going with Jackson Smith the Jigba. A player who I think is going to be – I mean, we talked about – Luke, we talked about him a little bit with Dave last week. You're uh, very bullish on Jackson. I'm very bullish on year. JSN. Long-term, I'm year. bullish. This year, you're very bullish. They, I mean, in Dynasty, you have him ranked as a top 12 wide receiver, which is pretty, pretty bullish compared to most. Usually, people have him ranked in the 15-20 range. I am ranked as a top 12 guy, number 11 for me. Uh, but this year, I think he's worth a wide receiver three pick, definitely. I mean, he's going outside that range right now. He's usually going around the pick 35 – like wide receiver 35-ish range. That's where he's going. I think that's definitely worth it. When you talk about a rookie who put up 16, I mean, in college, he put up 1,600 yards with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Troy but Fleming, in that Ohio State offense. Hutch, I'm stopping you here. There's Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Yes. Oh, yeah. Will we have the target share to be a valuable wide receiver three week-in, week-out contributor? I don't know. He has the yes. upside on a week-to-week basis. Michael, I would love to hear your thoughts on this before we put it back to Hutch here and he can keep the hype train rolling. I, I really I, I like him too. He's a talented player. Um, it, they have a lot of weapons, and they have uh, my God, Yo Gino as a quarterback, right? Top five QB last year. Gino, Gino Smith uh, spreading the ball around, which is which is good. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that target share pans out with the three of them. Can can that offense support all three guys? I don't I don't know. Right, both the other two guys are really talented. They're, I mean, Lockett's been around for a little while, but he always seems to produce. DK is just a monster. I right? feel like Lockett hasn't shown monster any signs man. of slowing down, even with his age. None? No, not so far, no. None. I, I'm actually drafting him everywhere because he's the one that yeah, falls. Lockett's a great value as well. He falls he's my favorite value this out year. of those three wide receivers, right? Um, but if I'm betting on a rookie wide receiver, I'm probably betting on him. Or, or Addison in Minnesota. It is Jordan Addison. He's my, you know, like every year I kind of like flag plant a like player that's like my sleeper pick who's like going outside like the top 30 guys of the position. This year it's Addison for me. I think he's a phenomenal player. Him and Justin Jefferson are just going to carve up the league, but he's not the player I want to talk about right now for training camp hype. The play players I want to talk about for training camp hype though is just every Chiefs wide receiver um yeah. you know like i don't even love all of them i think they're all interesting because they're all basically you know yeah keep it adp outside of Kadarius tony right 
But listen, these guys are all going for like nickels and they're all getting a ton of, you know, camp hype. You have Justin Ross, Rice, you have Sky Moore, who's my personal favorite. Uh, Hodge, what are your thoughts on all of these guys getting hype? Do we care about any of them outside of Travis Kelsey? Uh, what do you think? The thing is, the more I see that all the wide receivers in this offense are getting hype, the more I think it's going to mean none of them is the correct answer for the Kansas City wide receiver. Because we've talked about it before. No one likes to think about that there doesn't have to be an answer here. Last year, there wasn't an answer. Judas Schuster showed out in times. Other players showed out in times. They had flashes, but none of them were a consistent fantasy option. The only consistent option in this offense last year was Travis Kelsey, and it could absolutely be that way again this year. I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw for like, did he throw 5,000 plus last year? Wasn't he know. around there? Or was he just yeah, under that? Really? He was right. Yeah. He was yeah. around that range, and they still could not produce more than one relevant receiving option consistently. Yeah, that was the it. thing. It's like, when you it was, have a quarterback that good, do you really need the wide receivers to be that good in order to succeed? You know, you don't, you know, no. Michael, what are your thoughts? Tom Brady proved that right. And all, in all honesty, he, he had a, some really good receivers here and there, but he spread the ball around uh, for his best seasons. Mahomes last year really proved he's probably going to end his career as one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time himself when he's done by how he played last season. He spread the ball around so well. It was just amazing. Uh, if there's anybody I'm drafting there, I, and I have shares of like every one of the guys we named, like like Ross, Rice. Um, I didn't believe in Juju last year. And then I was like, wow, Juju's really good when he's playing. Uh, he, he only played 12 games, I think it was, something like that. Yeah, he was banged year. up for a yeah, yeah, that, up that lingering knee injury got him a lot of the um, season. So I'm even drafting Kadarius Tony late, where I feel like it's just because. How dare you? Why not? It, I, well, we don't. We don't I can't do. Gonna, That's the one where, like, nah, I'm good. We just don't know how it's going to pan out. The the guy I like as a second receiver on that team the most is actually Jarek McKinnon. Um, I like that. I like that, that pick. Not you about can get him late. Uh, I I like Pacheco as well, but he he's more pure runner. Um, McKinnon was huge towards the end of last season for that team um and Mahomes trusts him that's why he was back again this year right so he's a nice little safety valve if if you look at the history of Andy Reid's teams with the running backs that are pass catchers they're massive fantasy producers usually really good yeah right? so yeah I love pick value pick I like yeah, that I a lot I think it's a very interesting thing to monitor there uh Michael it's your turn brother who are you kind of monitoring here? So I, I'm monitoring the Lions' backfield, right? Montgomery and Gibbs. I'm monitoring that, and they both look like you want to draft them both. They, the the way that offense is shaping up, and what they did with the additions on the offensive line, I, I really like what the Lions are doing. Um, it's so I've been watching that, wondering how this was going to pan out. And and I wrote I, I wrote a thread about Jameer Gibbs because of it. One of my friends asked me to. Um, and both of those guys look like they should hold some serious fantasy value this year. Like they both could be running back twos and you're getting them. Uh, I don't know. Their ADP is not that great. Right. Gibbs is probably higher than Monty Monty's. Oh yeah. Gibbs uh, is like Gibbs is around like RB 16 range. Then yeah, Monty's like, like around RB 25, 30. Yeah. That's and I think, I think they could both top top 24 with ease. And, and I guess their ADP says that. But it's still worth doing it just because I, I think that offense is going to break out some this year. I, I like what they're doing. 
Yeah, I love that. I know Hutch already loves it. So I'm, I'm going to talk a love little it. bit here before he gets yeah. into his love fest. Yeah, you go. Totally you go agree. before I go on a bit of a rant. Go for it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's fantastic. I think to keep it brief here, Demir Gibbs is going to be fantastic through the air. I think he's going to see a large target share this season for the Lions. I think Goff is going to, you know, really get the best out of him in the passing game there. And I think he's also going to add a dynamic explosiveness on the ground that Montgomery likely won with those breakaway runs, that speed. Uh, Montgomery is going to be, I think, a consistent – uh, you know, it's third and two. Let's shove him up the middle. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of touchdowns at the goal line, a la Jamal Williams last season. I think he's going to have plenty of value on a week-to-week basis. But Jameer Gibbs has that elite receiving upside that we've seen with guys the likes of Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, two players that he comped himself to at the Combine when I asked him about that uh, in person, actually. Um, Hutch, let your love fest commence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the biggest Samir Gibb, one of the biggest Samir Gibb fan out there. I mean, he's a top three running back for me in Dynasty already. I want to move him to two above Brees Hall, Brees Hall, but I can't. If Dalvin Cook signs there, I might actually might do it. Jameer Gibbs might end up being a top two Dynasty back for me before the season starts, and I wouldn't be too shocked by it. But Jameer Gibbs is going to be elite this year. There's just no question about it. I don't care about his size. I don't care about his concerns coming out. He's drafted top 12. And when you look at the history of top 12 picks at running backs, these guys are all elite. Look at the last like five, six years. There are very few misses in the first round of at running back. Like there are very few misses. These guys are usually studs and especially like, a top 12 pick nowadays in the NFL. Jimmy Gibbs is just set up to be a superstar. The NFL clearly has faith in him. And as a result, I'm going to as well. But I also love Monty. I think honestly, like this year, it's interesting. I think I kind of see him kind of how Zeke was in Dallas this past year, where he was mostly getting carries on the ground, a lot of volume, got in the end zone a ton. Uh, wasn't the most effective with his touches. Uh, he was a little bit, probably a little bit inefficient because he's not super explosive. But if he gets in the end zone like eight to 12 times, I mean, you're going to be happy with where you drafted him. I and mean, we saw Jamal Williams do it too, right? That's we did. We just watched him do it. Factor in. You Wasn't just there like 90 red zone carries in this offense last year? I think there were about 90. Yeah. Like it was just insane how many carries there were going around in this offense. Well, and, and if you look at it right now, they're projected to have the easiest schedule for running backs out there for the season. And nice. Swifty had 70 targets last year, right? So if if Gibbs just falls right into Swift's role, which is what he's going to do and probably get targeted even more, you could be looking at a 90-target season for a running back. So, I mean, he's going to – I think he has 100-plus target potential. Easily. easily oh, yeah. Right? I think 80-plus I think catches is very realistic this year. Uh, I do too. That's that's why I, I'm monitoring that, and I still like Montgomery, even with oh, yeah. there, which is crazy to me, right? It's it's that they're both guys I look to draft. With like Another thing too, I want to add is not only do we know that Detroit likes him just because you know they drafted him 12. Did you see the draft video I posted on my Twitter a couple of days ago? There's, the a, there's a video of them in the yes. war room, dude. They I were guess. scared. Shit list that somebody was going to draft him at number six to twelve when oh, they traded yeah. down. Oh, yeah, they really were scared that they were going to lose their guy, who I think they would have drafted number six overall before Bijan off the board. If the if they had kept the pick, there were reports saying they were, they were going to. If you watch the video when the GM gets the phone call saying, "Hey, it's Arizona. We want to move up to six, move down to 12. They have a conversation. He and Dan Campbell. They're like, "Listen, is our guy still going to be there?" And they're like, you know, it's a gamble. And dude, like Jameer Gibbs was their guy. He was circled on the draft board. They know they have big plans for him. And I think it's foolish, honestly. It feels like one of those things we might be overthinking a little too much here. It's just like, listen. Yes. They know he's good. We know he's good. He's a great prospect. He would be the RB1 for most of these recent RB uh, running back classes, in my opinion. And he is oh, yeah. honestly a little undervalued because of Bijan casting this gigantic shadow oh, yeah. on this class. 
he's going to have a phenomenal season. I mean, Bijan's being drafted as what the art running back three. Sure, he has more competition, but I think he has a top five ceiling this year if everything goes his way. It's possible. Yeah, and honestly, like I, I actually said this on a recent podcast. I actually, I'm not too recent, about a month ago. I actually wouldn't be surprised if Jameer Gibbs beats out Bijan this year in fantasy this year. I, I don't know about that. Time. The pass catching work in a PBR scoring form, that pass catching work is just insane. He's going you don't to think Bijan's going to get the pass catching work? work? He's going to get some, but he's not going to hit the level that Gibbs is. He's not going to hit that level. I don't. Bijan's really good, but he's but not. Listen, that level. But listen, but the other way, though, he's going to get a ton of carries. He is. But catches are so much more valuable. And, and, and they run the ball the we'll second see. most. It's possible. Time. It's possible. Atlanta's going to run, 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 run. That's that's what they did last year. It, people talking like they think they're going to throw more with Ritter at quarterback. I don't, I don't know if they will. I do. I don't want to be a hater, but I do not think Desmond Ritter is going to work out. I don't think he's very good. I think he'll be okay statistically because I've seen a lot of negative really reports about him in training camp so far with a ton of misses. And yeah, it hasn't looked struggling. It hasn't I think that's great. why they're going to run a lot. Like <laughs> they are going to run a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. run and dump off the Bijan. But like the yeah the thing is like they looked, I think I think uh, I think Ritter's gonna look okay statistically though because that offensive core around him is just too good. I like he's he's actually someone I actually dec- like like in redraft this year as a QB two or QB three. Like I think that because his rushing component that he adds to the game and just the offensive core around him, I think statistically he'll actually do okay. I think he's, I don't think he's gonna lead this team to wins. I think he's actually gonna be really bad. Like Luke thinks. I don't think it's gonna work out. But uh, I think statistically, it might actually be pushed up by a lot of guys around him. So I wouldn't like just completely throw him away for he fantasy. Has a fantastic supporting cast. It's a singer like, swim moment, which I think honestly is kind of wise on the part of the Atlanta Falcons. There's like, hey, listen, buddy, we gave you the keys to the kingdom here. You're either going to swing or you're going to swim, and we're going to find out real quick if we have a franchise guy here or not. They're going to be able yep. to make the decision this season. Hey, is Ritter the guy, or if not, we're going to move on and draft somebody else this next year. They have the pieces in place around them. I think that they had the best offseason of any team in the NFL this year through free agency. They're really the good, yeah. I really do. Really Atlanta good. is set up to win if they had a good quarterback. Um, they just don't, and that's going to hold them back. And the coach is a really good coach. He is. I, good I coach. know. I know. Yeah. Fantasy analysts like uh, crapping all over him last year because he wasn't throwing the ball. But they yeah. never. I mean, he was coaching them to wins and games they didn't deserve to win because um, they weren't that good last year. Right. And let's face it, their quarterback was yeah. really bad, really bad. And the, the thing is, Michael, I think they have an outside chance to win the division. I really do. I the think it is sucks. possible. They that defense is significantly year. improved. That yeah. defense is significantly improved and they can lean on Bijan enough to make this offense work. I think they have a chance to be a sneaky, good wild card team this year in the NFC. It's scary. It's kind of scary. Last year, at the end of the season, people started talking about them. What they were right around five hundred, and in the hunt to win the division, which was just insane. Yeah. Um, their their defense isn't bad. Uh, they 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 made a lot of really good moves, as you guys said. I. They did. Uh, fantasy wise, other than Bijan, I don't know if I want anybody else on that team. Uh, it's. Yeah, I'm kind of hands-off on Kyle Pitts again this year until I see him do it. I like Drake London. It, I just don't know if I can rely on Ritter. Um, yeah, but Bijan is hard-eyes for me. I also really like Tyler Algier at cost and drafts. I think he's super, super undervalued. It's not bad. If God forbid anything happens to Bijan, Algier is locked and loaded. And he was really good oh, yeah. last year. When he was he really good. 
That's the thing. It's, it's not just like he's a random, you know, handcuffed sitting in the eighth round or 10th round or whatever, where you can just throw him on your bench and pray. He is throw him on your bench and pray, but he also is a good player who, you know, stand alone should have an okay value to put up, you know, six to 10 points per game. I would say, I think he'll be an okay player. Yeah, I mean, we were like before the before the Falcons drafted Bijan. I mean, people were looking at Algier as a huge breakout candidate in the second season. I mean, he had a really nice end of the season, got better and better as the season went along, and he just looked really, really good. He's like one of those. He's one of those back backups where like you know he's the backup. You Absolutely. know he's that guy. Like Absolutely. how Alexander Madison was with Dalvin Cook, how AJ Dillon was with how AJ how AJ Dillon is in Green Bay, Tony Pollard in Dallas. Like these guys that are just these are handcuffs. Cal Algier is that one. He's another one where it's just like if Bijan does go down or something happens to him, Cal Algier is the guy. Yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely love it. All right, guys. Well, we're at half an hour already. We had a fantastic conversation. Uh, Michael, thank Good. you so much again, once again, for joining us. You are fantastic. And uh, you belong in this lineup of Star Soda guests, <laughs> as you mentioned. Thanks for having me. I, I deeply appreciate it, guys. It was a great time. Uh, easy it just flowed it flew half hour just flew right by dude it flew right yeah. by and uh, Live, I mean, testament to you testament to my great co-host hutch and um you're welcome back on anytime man all right absolutely i'll come anytime you need a guest don't worry about it <laughs> all right much love man thank you again for joining people us and people ask who your listening. grandpa is on the show with you right like the guy with the oh, shut up <laughs> oh stop it follow him on twitter <laughs> at mike reedy ff he is fantastic work for the Undroppables. And don't miss his DFS podcast with his buddy. Uh, much love, everybody, and have a great night. Goodbye.